everybody, it's Ashley. Just popping in at the top of the episode to give you a little heads up. Uh, you will probably notice some audio peculiarities. Uh, we had some technical difficulties on Alex's end, so he might sound a little weird. There's some kind of irritating little crackling noises that I just really couldn't do anything about. Uh, and sometimes his audio gets a little funky. Uh, you'll know it when you hear it, but it shouldn't affect the listenability too much. Uh, apologies for that. We're doing our best to make these things not happen, but sometimes, you know, stuff just goes a little sideways. But uh, enjoy the episode anyway, and uh, have a great day. Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual. So here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I want to start by welcoming you to our 40th episode, Alex. I don't keep track and it's always this wonderful surprise when I hear stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) 40, man. Yeah, we're, we're almost over the hill. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Because I was like doing the math in my head. I was like, 52 weeks in the year. We're bi-weekly. Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a lot. It's a lot, a lot of episodes. So yeah, pretty exciting. Ooh. Pretty exciting. We're coming up on the 5-0. Couple yeah, months. it's like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I w- Today was only a half day at work, but it was so busy. My brain is so fried. <laughs> really? Yeah, so so how what's what's new to you, Alex? Uh so I finally <laughs> stopped being sick. Yes, you did. And that's good. So good. And I got cupcakes from you and a blanket shawl cape thing from you. Yeah. And then we played Pathfinder and then I went home. <laughs> <laughs> that was last weekend. And I've been working since then. Um, yeah, actually, I no, I had, so. I had Monday off, um, and I don't, I think I just hung out with Ashlyn. Nice. How's she? She's good. She's got three black cats and everything is Harry Potter and Halloween themed. So it's good. Nice. <laughs> so she still has Alistair. Does she still have apple juice? No. Um, I don't remember what happened with apple juice. So she's got two cats that I've never she's met. She's got Alistair. <laughs> Um, Tonks and uh, uh, there's another one, but I always forget his name because I know his I know his first name, not his last name, and he goes by his last name. He's one of the he's one of the orders. Huh. <laughs> I see. Of course. Yep. All of her horror cats. She is <laughs> really into Harry Potter. <laughs> That's nice. Um, That's and nice. then. Today, I guess this is, I might save it for the shout out because it's like cool. Okay. Yeah. And a good, and a good suggestion too. So stay tuned. <laughs> oh boy. We'll, I'm so, I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait for the end of the episode. <laughs> Stick around to find out. What about you? Even though I think you've pretty much just been me with me when we're not working. Yeah. Well, so I, uh, 
I've been actually, I, I downloaded the library app because why didn't I do this sooner? I don't know. Uh, the app where you just put in your friggin' library card number and then you uh-huh. can just check out audiobooks yep. and ebooks like right on your phone. Why didn't I do this sooner? I love it. I'm listening to audiobooks now, so I've branched out from podcasts. Still love my podcasts. Still got to listen to them, but but now I've got some alternatives. Um, I'm actually I've found lately I'm more interested in um, nonfiction. So I downloaded uh-huh. an audiobook on the Plantagenet dynasty. <laughs> um, very interesting stuff uh, <laughs> for me, anyway. I'm quite. It's a, it's a very dramatic story of the Plantagenet dynasty. Like it's it's definitely yeah. a history book, but it's told a little bit more narratively. Um, it's not not quite a like a novel, but but it's it's very uh, engaging and fun, and the uh, the narrator is great. And then uh-huh, I also nice. uh, <laughs> I've been listening to this audiobook on cryptids in America, and that's very fun. It's called American Monsters. And uh, it's it's very extensive. Um, I've only listened to like the first couple chapters, but like this whole first section is just about avian monsters. <laughs> They're just like just birds. We're just starting with birds, and it's like, wow, I did not know there were so many unexplained creature sightings. This is incredible. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. But last night I had the worst night. Oh no. So uh, Friday nights, I stream with Dylan for our show, Junk Adventure. And I was super stoked because we started playing Hexen Beyond Heretic, which is is fantastic and insane PC game that came out in 1995. We used to play it when we were way too little uh, to be playing such things. It runs on the Doom engine, so it's very similar to Doom, but it's like a medieval fantasy Doom. It's so fun and crazy. We've been playing as the mage. He is the worst character, but he's also fun and crazy because he's a mage. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, play as the fighter? I don't think so. So (laughs) that was really cool, and I was really excited. And then I started feeling really ill. Like, really nauseated. And, like, as we were playing, like, the frenetic movements of the game were just making it worse. I don't know what happened. It must have been something that I ate. But I was just like queasy, queasy, and I was trying so hard to just like push it down and like just do the episode. And it was like I was trying to have fun and be funny, but I was just like, oh, 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 oh. like the whole. But, but you can't you can't have fun and be funny when you're using your entire mental capacity to not get sick. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Dylan later told me I could I could I noticed you fading throughout. <laughs> As we were doing it. Just, um, just, I just imagine you just like in your chair, your chair sliding back into the background. I'm just like white knuckling it through this episode. And then finally when we like hit the one hour mark, I was like, okay, Dylan, I seriously need to stop right now. This is an absolute emergency. <laughs> Goodbye. And I ran across the hall to the toilet um, and I barfed out all of my bones <laughs> and my organs. <laughs> and, now, and now I am a bag. Um, it was horrible i gotta tell you um i don't know the last time that i vomited uh now that i'm an old old 27 year old woman (laughs) throwing up is horrible like it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you it's 
it's the worst experience like i remember like as a kid as a teenager throwing up and just thinking like woof okay that was bad but now i'm all better and i was like okay i know i'm just gonna be better like as i'm vomiting i'm like okay just get it over with and then i'll be fine i'll be totally (laughs) fine and then afterwards i was just like i'm really not fine though like it just like i felt like i rolled down a hill it was the worst feeling i was like shaking and exhausted and i just laid on the couch for the rest of the evening just like i can't move i can't do anything i threw up that's it that's it for me it was so horrible i discovered that throwing up is the most horrible awful thing when i was like seven. Oh no and it's i don't young. believe i've done it since i was like like that age or maybe a little older it's so horrible to me that like i would rather sit in agony of like the worst stomach ever and wait for it to just like do whatever else it's gonna do mm-hmm. just wait for it to sort itself yes, out because throwing up is i can't i like i my my sheer will sheer willpower will stop me because i hate it so much See, i don't even like i i i cannot recall the last time i threw up like i don't think i've thrown up i can't either because it's been so long because i refused <laughs> but like I don't, man, but I just couldn't, like, there. Were, I was fighting it for, like, an hour, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was just like, nope, it's happening, it's happening, I almost didn't make it, like, it was just gonna happen, <laughs> I, I, there was nothing, and I had just, this may be too graphic, but I had just eaten a plum, Oh no! and so it was very red, <laughs> really also, weird, this and is also at first, too graphic, and, and listeners, skip ahead if you can't handle it, um, <laughs> Again, the, the last vivid memory of me throwing up was I had eaten too much watermelon at a at like a family or like a, my parents like mm-hmm. Christmas party or something. Some sort of picnic or barbecue. It was in the evening though, so it was oh. bad. <laughs> and I threw up all over our white carpet. Oh no! It looked like salsa. Yeah, oh, I bet it looked like a crime scene. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's disconcerting when you've eaten a red fruit because it's like for a second, I'm like, oh God, is that blood? No, it's just the plum. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't know what caused it though. It was a total I think honestly, we get food poisoning a lot more often than we like understand. People, when they think they've got the stomach flu, there's no such thing. It's not exactly. There's no 24 hour bug. It's food poisoning. I mean, it's what it is. Oh, it's it doesn't awful make it still, any but... less significant, yeah. but it's not a flu. It's not, yeah, it's not, you're not sick. You're just, your body's like, you put something in you, you shouldn't get it <laughs> yeah. out. I'm like, uh, people talk about uh, Michael Jordan's flu game. He played this really significant uh, basketball game while he was super sick. And they say that he had the stomach flu. He didn't, he had food poisoning. It was not the flu. But yeah, so that was my night. Um, I felt really ill just all evening. Uh, I woke up feeling mostly better. My stomach still feels a little delicate, but I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, not fun. Why yeah, don't I was I had I was sick for a couple of days too with a stomach thing, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I just I I feel given um recent events um just before we get into the episode proper, um. Some pretty shitty news was uh, just came out actually like a couple yeah. hours ago about all the stuff that's going on that we're all really uh-huh. upset about. Um, and so I don't want to not say anything about it, but I also don't want 
yeah. to talk about it. You know, like, I want this to be a nice episode. You don't have to hear about that shitty stuff right here, right now. There are plenty of other places that you can go to hear opinions on that and different things. Um, But I feel like I want to be a place where you can just not think about it for a second. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just, I wanted to acknowledge and, and then move on from it. The elephant in the courthouse. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And in fact, today our episode is about something very pleasant, very calming. And I think we all need that right now. I think we need a little bit of a sanctuary. Perhaps a little perhaps bit a of a hug. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so... Today, we are going to be talking about the very lovely, very Danish concept of hygge. Uh, And I just love it. I love saying it. I love thinking about it. I love doing it. I love talking about it. It's my new favorite thing. I gotta admit, uh, I got this idea because that is another audiobook that I checked out from my lovely library (laughs) app. Guys, get the library app. It's, there's no reason not to. It's fantastic. Um, and I just, I listened to the audiobook, uh, The Little Book of Hygge by Mike Viking, um, who is the CEO <laughs> of the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen. Mike Viking. It's spelled with a W. Oh, okay. But okay, he's okay, Danish, okay. so it's pronounced Viking. Okay, I can forgive that for being, it, it's downgraded from hilarious to adorable. It is, it's adorable. And he's just great, because he, he wrote the book and he also narrated the audiobook. Mm-hmm which is what I listened to. And he's just so pleasant. He's just got this lovely, soothing Danish accent. Uh, And he just, it's a great, great book. I highly recommend it. Um, We're not nearly going to be getting into the depth of the concept of Hygge the way that that book does. But I suppose, at very least, we should define it for folks who aren't totally familiar with the concept. Um, so I, I actually, I really like the, the Wikipedia explanation. Yeah. Give, you know, you got to give props to Wikipedia. They know how to break something down. So, uh, Wikipedia describes hygge as a Danish and Norwegian word for a mood of coziness and comfortable conviviality with feelings of wellness and contentment. What's conviviality? Um, like... Like comfortability? I think Maybe? it's like, oh. um, like... I'm just gonna look it up because I don't want to give. Yeah, because I'm feeling. Oh, I feel. I'm feeling very convivial. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a word that's used often. Um, it is being friendly and lively, friendliness. So it's not just like being happy, but it's being happy with others. Okay. Um, which which is um certainly an aspect of huga, not um essential. I don't think to huga because you can have huga alone. But it may be more hygge, <laughs> more hygelig to have a, a hygelig time with close friends and family. Um, Small groups. If I remember also, there's a, a, a similar term in Japanese that is more of like alone based. I was looking into that because of reasons that we'll get into. Uh, but it, I couldn't find very much. Do you remember what the term was? It's like Matari or something. It should be at the very bottom something of Something like that. Matari. Uh, it should yeah, be at the bottom like of the Wikipedia article. 
Yes, and I did look into that a little bit, and I just couldn't find a lot of information on sort of what how exactly it works. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it, it doesn't sound it, certainly it's not one to one with Huga. Um, but it's it's related, I think, and um, I uh, in the book, um, Viking talks about other words that are similar um, from other nations, other languages. Um, Gazilgeheid? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> I should know because he says it several times in the book. It's a Dutch word that's that's similar, but maybe a little bit more social than Hugge. Um, but there's, uh, you know, from different places, he didn't mention the Japanese term. And given the, the number of other ones that he named and the fact that, you know, he is the CEO or the, the chairman of the, the Happiness Research Institute. I think if they the, the term was too, uh, if the term was more yeah. related to Huga, he probably would have mentioned it. Yeah. But it also just I just can't really find anything about it. So Huga, it's like. It's like being cozy and and being calm and peaceful. Huga often um, comes with food. You know, eating or cooking can be very hugelig, but you know, it's got to be the right kind of food. Um, it's basically anything that um, is posted on Facebook, like <laughs> like a like you a know, comforting food video or like sure, a, sure. A, a picture of like a giant bed wrapped up in blankets and like those big scarves and. Very hoogly. Scarves are very hoogly. <laughs> I love the way you say that. Well, I mean, I've been listening to a Danish guy talk about it for several hours. I know, but it's something hoogly giggly. <laughs> but I just connected so much with it because I was like, I've been kind of interested. You know, it, it, it has gotten a little bit more sort of internationally popular. Um, there's lots of books out about it now, and people are getting more and more into it as a concept. Um, it was sort of a trend for a minute there, which is funny because, like in Denmark, it's just sort of the way of life for a lot of people. Most Danes are like just sort of living life, striving for hygge. So, uh, but like I, I just listened to this book and I was like, oh my god, this is everything I ever wanted. <laughs> ah. It's incredible. Uh, I love it. And uh, I, I had a little epiphany, which is it per the, the term Huga perfectly encapsulates this moment that exists in many Studio Ghibli films. Um, I have long mused on the food scenes in Miyazaki and other Ghibli films and this just sort of special quality that they have and the way that they exist and and you know the work that they do in the films and it clicked suddenly I was like it's Huga that's what's happening it's Huga so, <laughs> um what do you think should we just sort of dive into talking about these certain scenes do you kind of want to talk about your personal experience of Huga I don't know if I have that much personal experience with it. Um, well, like, I'll, I'll share, because um, one thing that is extremely Huga, especially in Denmark, and it's very important to them that it, it be Huga League, is Christmas time. Yeah. 
Christmas is the time for hygge, uh, and it's not Christmas if there's no hygge. Um, and I'd say, like, my two best Christmas memories, Christmas time memories, are because of the hygge that existed in that moment. Um, more recently, it was, like, two Christmases ago? Uh, it was the Christmas before I moved back into my dad's house. Um, I was having just the worst year, <laughs> and, uh, I was, the only time I really felt, like, calm and, like, not stressed was when I was over at his house visiting, and it was nighttime, and it was on Christmas Eve, and I was laying in a chair by the fire in front of the Christmas tree. And my older brother was laying on the couch and we were watching like stupid YouTube videos or something. And I just felt so happy. Like I was just comfortable and warm and it was quiet and there was a fire. And I was just like, this is the best moment right now. Just me and my brother. Um, and then uh, when I was, I guess I was like around in middle school or something. Um, it was when my, uh, my, my birth dad, um, Chris, who listeners will remember from our Christmas episode, funnily enough, uh, he was coming over to pick me up because he was visiting for Christmas and my mom's house was just, it was just so lovely. Like there was, we had music playing and it was <laughs> clean for once <laughs> and it was just it was just really nice and peaceful and the lights were dim and Dylan and I were making christmas ornaments out of beads and pipe cleaners and he came in and he was like wow this is really nice and i was thinking like it is really nice <laughs> in here and it was just a great moment of being like i'm so grateful right now uh and it was just it was it was huge. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I mean, you need some I, I think I get plenty of it. I just don't, you know, can't pinpoint my memory like that very well. Um, mm -hmm. But if we did want to start, like, jump into the food, um, specifically mm -hmm. from Ghibli films, I think it's probably not the most iconic one, but the one that jumped uh, first into my mind is the one from Howl's Moving Castle. Bacon and eggs. Breakfast because we because it's not just like the beautiful food presented to us it's the whole process of cooking it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's that's that's on my list of one of the most huga moments in a ghibli film well because it it's overpowering because in a lot of the other examples you it, like the the well i mean they're all pretty overpowering <laughs> like <laughs> especially really in spirited away when it's literally like a spell um <laughs> but in a house moving castle like this random old woman who barges into this place it wins over the denizens of this place uh -huh. with the food she makes uh well and and what makes it even more huga is when howl comes in and helps yes because and he's not like what's going on who are you uh -huh. Well, because, like, working together, like, especially working together in the kitchen is an extremely Hugli experience. Like, it part of Huga is sort of an equality. It's, um, you know, working together and nobody is, like, 
you know, waiting yeah. on anybody. Like you're all sort of working together and making this happen and, and participating equally. And so the, you know, that, that Howell and Sophie make this breakfast together and it's just a nice, simple meal. And it looks so delicious. It looks so good. And it's just so okay. cozy with the fire. So that's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who was upset, but then Howell gives him the eggshells. And he's happy and everyone's happy. And they're just, and Markle's so happy to have some hot food. And it's, yeah, no, it's a lovely, very hoogly moment. Are there any other moments? I think there are some pretty a lot of other moments really in that movie we have i mean there's mm-hmm. the moment where sophie is so comfortable that the spell is fading yes exactly yeah when she's sleeping in her little cupboard yeah, i i howl's moving castle definitely just the way that 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 the castle is uh just so cozy and and close and they really are this sweet family uh it's just full of these moments and and it's so important um and and this is really what like what I've been striving to understand and and communicate about these movies is is that that is such a necessary counterpoint to everything else in the movies like this is a crazy film about like wizards (laughs) fighting in a war and so we need these quiet beautiful moments to sort of come back down to earth it's the contrast it's the the letting your guard down when the rest of the time you're literally wearing a mm-hmm. mask, pretending to be somebody else or, you know, like Sophie is, yeah. I mean, the spell is kind of vague, It is, <laughs> but the way I see it is she's basically looks the way she feels or the way that she thinks she should, she should look. Mm-hmm. And so she, she's like, everybody tells me I'm this old, this, you know, sort of quiet. Yeah. Old, old soul made sort of so that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna be and then when she lets her guard down she turns back right well and my uh my sort of thoughts on sophie and on Howl's movie castle are sort of wrapped up in in the book as well so at this point i'm a little fuzzy on like what's in the movie and what's yeah. in the book because <laughs> like in the in the book it, it it's also sort of dealing with her, uh, it's like a way for her to be safe oh yeah a way for her to hide and be safe you know she's not you know young women are in danger in this world especially given what she thinks she knows about howl you know he eats the hearts of beautiful young women and so as as a defense mechanism against this world that's extremely cruel to young women she's Mm -hmm. like well i'll just be an old lady then and and then i'm safe (laughs) it's really tragic (laughs) (laughs) Not very Hoover League. Uh, um, I, one of my favorite and and most um, most beloved and, and oldest um, notions of Huga in in Ghibli films is uh, tea time at Zaniba's house in. Spirit oh yeah. Away. Aww, that one's so good. I wrote, I definitely wrote that down in my notes that I left at work. you know they're having they're having tea which is very and they're having cake which is extremely and you know they're working together to like make this craft and it's cozy and it's quiet and it's beautiful and it's you know it's a it's a time for for peace and reflection which is a necessary again a necessary counterpoint it's so so overpowering that she calls the stranger <laughs> she's never met granny. Mm-hmm. Because she just is. She's just she's just <laughs> granny. 
It's it, it's lovely. And um, one of the things that uh, Viking talks about in the book is Hugelig is you know Hugel is not extravagant. It's not fancy. Mm-hmm. It's not really even it's 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 not expensive so you go from this world of this opulent bathhouse and you know all of this you know this you know no face with his you know buffet his horrible (laughs) buffet throwing gold around and just all of this insanity and 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 gluttony and avarice and then just to go out to this nice little cottage and just have some quiet tea time i have a, a question then I'm thinking of Howell's bedroom mm-hmm. and how we would classify that because it's certainly cozy. Yeah. He's got the puffiest blankets unimaginable, but then he also is just like, it's just like yeah, it's completely all, filled to the brim with beautiful trinkets and, and art and weird little things. Uh-huh. Well, and you know, part of Hugo certainly can be, you know, the consumption of things. And, and I think that the difference is Howell doesn't keep those things because he's showy i mean he is showy (laughs) but that's not his bedroom you know it's not like that's just his precious things you know he's a bit of a magpie yeah well i I mean quite literally Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes he is and so i think that that is you know um that that's what brings him joy is to have all of these nice shiny things um and so that that could be his own kind of huga for sure because he doesn't have those on display for anybody. And He's and really it is the also one who goes like, into his room, as far as we know. Of the many um, sort of, I, I wouldn't call it necessarily negative quality, but you do sort of see his negative qualities sort of show show up. Oh yeah, no, um, I, Howell's. So I mean, he's so great, but sort it of, sucks. <laughs> one could see, <laughs> one could see that comfortability and his personal space also as being like he's a hoarder. He can't let things go. Like. You know, yes. where some of us would be like, "That's yes. amazing! I want that room." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that the most uh, hoogalig things in that film are, you know, the moments when the family is together, you know, when they're when they're eating, or you know, when Markle and Sophie are doing laundry together. You know, these kinds of simple moments of being together. A lot of the ones in that movie, though, are are cut short. So, like, right. um, when the Witch of the Waste comes to live with them. <laughs> yeah. And then she literally fucks everything up. She just really then, wrecks it, doesn't she? Um, I don't remember exactly what leads up to it, but uh, Howl's bath. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, like, Sophie and Mark. Which is the just, best part of the whole they're movie. They're just down in the kitchen, uh, and then Howl has a fit. <laughs> Great. And then also even in the you know at the end of breakfast, there's the spell mm-hmm. that carves itself into the table. Uh, I also I think one of the one of the more uh, Hooli, uh Ghibli films is Kiki's Delivery Service because she literally lives in a bakery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the most Hooli location that exists. And isn't it isn't it sort of like a French inspired locale too? Well, I always thought so, and then I heard it was, I I think I even heard it was like okay. Danish or something, which was I mean just, that would, that would make sense. Off, I just it? always remember the boys' clothing. Maybe it's like Dutch. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, yeah, and it does, it does, I had always thought it seemed very French, especially because at one point she definitely, when she meets that snooty little witch, they're flying over Mm -hmm. Paris and you can see the Moulin Rouge below them. Um, So I'm not totally clear, but it's very European uh, and it's, it's just, just lovely. And I'm especially thinking of when she helps that old grandma bake the herring pie. Mm-hmm. because like they're working together and they're baking in a wood oven and it's just really sweet and nice and it's just like a very uh, a very hoogly kind of a dish to make <laughs> <laughs> but but that you know that movie you know, when she's um when she's having hot chocolate when she first arrives at the bakery up in um oh god asono is that her name i don't know i haven't seen it in so long <laughs> can't remember the 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 pregnant baker lady's name but they're having uh they're having hot chocolate together and it's it's a lovely moment where like kiki's been traveling alone and you know sleeping in train cars full of hay and it's just she finally shows up at this place and somebody's kind to her and it's it's lovely um and i i think a lot of people's first at least of our age Mm -hmm. a lot of people's first introduction to um ghibli would be my neighbor totoro oh yes it and really just, should be without with the exception of the ending it's entirely like cozy comfortable <laughs> it is it's really sweet just like peaceful yeah because you know Huga is often um associated with autumn and winter because that's when you maybe need it the most you know it's it's cold and it's rainy and uh, a counterpoint often to Huga is is sort of a a sense of s- safety from some kind of a danger, Shelter. like staying inside and being all bundled up is Huga-ly, But maybe if oh, it was yeah. storming mm-hmm. outside, it would be even more so. Like it's you know, and so you don't often think of like summertime Huga, but absolutely, you know, when they're when they're in the in the garden with with grandma uh mm-hmm. there's so many grandmas in these <laughs> films there's a grandma in every grandmas single one are hoogly. <laughs> grandmas they really are uh but when they're in the garden and they're picking vegetables and washing them like it's so much or so when much. they're playing on the sleeping totoro yes that is a wonderful <laughs> moment of special magical hygge <laughs> <laughs> um one that people talk about often as far as the food moments go is the egg toast from Castle in the Sky. Um, and that is exceptionally Hugo. Um, and it's like, it's not an extravagant meal. It's not the most mouthwatering thing that's ever been in a Ghibli film, but it's the whole moment. I think it's, I think it's the Hugo of the moment that, that makes people remark on it so much. Uh, Cause they're like hiding out in a cave and they've just got like a little kerosene lamp and they're cooking just fried egg and putting it on bread, but it just looks like the most delicious food and they're just enjoying it so much because they're just having this nice, wonderful, comforting moment together. Well, and it's like a lot of people I feel like have at least had that once in their life. Yeah. Out camping or so something. Simple, so simple and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make they make that really modest meal look like the best thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> and it uh, it just looks lovely, just nibbling on these eggs. 
man, Ghibli eggs. There's something about them. The eggs in, in Howl's Moving Castle and the, just <laughs> eggs. They, they animate eggs to look well, so the, nice. The like full and fluffy and shiny and, and just the runny yolks and oh, the just oh. yum. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna leave here, go see Star Is Born, and then get some like late night like eggs. <laughs> Just get some night eggs. Night eggs. <laughs> have a little Hugo talk. No, I totally have exceptional Hugo plans uh, for today, and a little bit. This is gonna spill over for tomorrow when you come over. We're gonna have a bit of a, a bit of a Hugo afternoon. I'm gonna. Um, after we're done here. That sounds like a great like TV episode title. A Hugo mm-hmm. Afternoon. It's great. Well, and they talk about uh, uh, Viking talks about how like the Danes will use it just like it's Hugo can be a noun, a verb, and yeah. an adjective. <laughs> like you can you can Hugo. Like it's it's an actual verb. They're like, hey, you should come over and Hugo with us tonight. Like it's <laughs> it's a thing. So basically do. the Danish Netflix and chill. Yes, Hugo with us. You know, come over, <laughs> we'll have coffee, we'll light a fire, candles. Candles are very Hugo. <laughs> Not scented candles though. The Danes don't really like scented candles. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. He talks about how they um they the Danes burn more candle wax than any other nation um like and to an obscene degree like three times as much as the runner-up which is austria like and like denmark's not a big country this isn't per capita this is total they love candles but it's extremely pleasant just just for light Mm-hmm. also it's just really dark dark there for a lot of the year and so they don't like bright lights they can't deal with it <laughs> like like it's too like fluorescent lights no you can't do that to a danish person Well, fluorescent lights aren't flattering candle lights are flattering to everybody they're flattering they're pleasant it's very <laughs> good uh but <laughs> it's a really fun book you guys i really recommend reading this book or listening to it um because it's just got the great balance of like conversational and fun and uh informative you know it's there's a lot of examples of how to implement hygge in your own life and you know examples of what he finds to be hygge league and how he you know does you know what he does to have that and also sort of the wider societal implications of Hugo and because you know he is again the chairman of the Happiness Research Institute and so it's his job to know about what makes people happy and who are the happiest and um Denmark is the happiest nation on earth like verified like almost every (laughs) single year like they do this survey every year and pretty much without fail denmark is the happiest nation uh and he's part of it is you know they're very good welfare system you know people are taken care of you know even you know less than wealthy people still have health care they have access to resources to make their lives more comfortable and so decreasing unhappiness <laughs> it follows would increase <laughs> happiness. Um, but he chalks up a lot of their happiness to Hugo um, and the sort of social and cultural importance of it. 
and you know the sort of uh, importance of personal relationships with your loved ones you know spending quality time with people and and taking care of yourself and prioritizing wellness well and another thing that that made me think of is perhaps one of the most huga things ever is reading a book it is yeah man curling up in the evening with a blanket and a book maybe a cat it's great oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, it's actually tonight I'm gonna after we're done here, I'm going to go over to my dad's house and steal some firewood. <laughs> because it is t- Oh, and start your fire up? Hmm? Start your fire up. Yes, I'm gonna use my fireplace for the first time. I'm so excited, everyone. This is the first time I've lived in a place with a wood burning fireplace. You do not know how great Marshmallows. This is. Oh, it's gonna be nice. So yeah, and I'm gonna have plenty of firewood so we can have a fire tomorrow to have a nice warm toasty time when we're playing pathfinder and i may be baking something yeah i'll have to <laughs> i'll have to try and give myself enough time to get like maybe i'll do like the the crescents again because that was really oh empty. those croissants are great very all this stuff <laughs> uh, a fluffy pastry <laughs> so good um okay but back to ghibli because I think I've pinpointed the most Hoogalig moment in any Studio Ghibli film. Lay it on me. <laughs> it is in Ponyo. Ramen at oh, Sosuke's yep. house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, 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 yep. It's storming yep, yep, outside, yep, yep. and the power's out. So it's end of the worlding outside. Yes, but, but they're <laughs> safe in the little house on the hill, and they've got a lantern, and mom's making ramen which is just a warm comforting food and the kids are just happy and 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 safe and cozy and it's just such a beautiful moment and i think it has and ham (laughs) they've got ham which is apparently the danes okay then there we go so (laughs) (laughs) but i think that it has all of the elements you know all of the best most things you know you've got the the safety from the storm you've got the warm food you've got the family together the dim you've lighting got tina fey <laughs> tina fey makes everything more hugely <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's it i think that's the very pinnacle i think you're right um and it was definitely on my list I struggle to give it like the best one because it's not my favorite of the movies, but it's also like amazing. And if we're talking just straight Huga moments, well, and you and, know? and, 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 and shortly that... after that, one of my favorite moments happens when it's morning and the ocean is literally at their doorstep, and it has all the, the front... and there's all the Magical. ancient fish. Like that is so fun and so mm-hmm. cool and so amazing. myself i really love that movie i do i think it's just so sweet and so heartwarming i wish it had come out when i was younger because i can imagine it being so like so exciting and magical i think it's will's favorite ghibli film but he's very much a child in his heart so (laughs) well and he works with children too so i can see him like feeling that strong empathy of like oh my goodness can you imagine a kid watching this for the first time Mm -hmm. well and 
Actually, I think it's more the other way around. It's because he has yeah. that in his heart that he works with children and is so good yeah. with him, with them because he's he's very <laughs> much still a child <laughs> in certain ways. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, his favorite Wes Anderson film is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, that's because that's the is... best one, excuse you? Um, no, 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 uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Well, that's objectively the best one, but Fantastic Mr. Fox <laughs> is the best one. <laughs> It's got some very, very, very good moments. <laughs> also the most quotable. You know what? Wes Anderson movies. If we're talking about Hugo. You're not. We can talk you're about You're not Wes wrong. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, a specific. Like the, the Royal Tenenbaum's house. Mm-hmm. Even though it's mm-hmm. cold because everybody yeah, sucks. I... <laughs> like it just seems like a very cozy, like Burberry um, <laughs> flannel. <laughs> Yeah, there's just something, there's something very cozy about a Wes Anderson yeah. film. You know, uh, like in, in Grand Budapest Hotel, the little, the little attic that um, Zero and uh, Agatha hang out in together. Uh-huh. Like they're just their little cozy secret meeting place. Like it's very sweet. Uh, and, and, you know, talk about some, some summertime hygge. Have you seen moonrise kingdom i have and i don't like that one so oh well i think that it has a lot of great moments just sort of this this wilderness and this you know this sort of escape because wilderness can be very hoogly as well sort of a you know walking out in the woods and camping and you know having these these quiet times in nature um i I think there's probably if i if i were to put more thought into it plenty of Hugo in Wes Anderson. Yeah, I'm like I'm like totally linking on every single one of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and they're they're usually so character driven that we don't. I don't think I feel like we don't talk a lot about. Um, I mean, obviously the setting and the sets are very striking, but we don't talk about like the the like the mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah, you know, because it's, it's just all great dialogue and you know fun moments. Um, well, and I'm thinking about and I'm blanking on the the title for some silly reason when the, the sub the submarine oh um life aquatic with steve zissou life aquatic i'm trying to like drum up what feeling the submarine gives me i mean it's a, it's it's more whimsy yeah i mean but that's just every single wes anderson film so i don't even know why yeah. i'm bringing it up <laughs> but but i do think fantastic mr fox might have the most sort of feelings of who get in it well, yeah like the big the cider barn like yeah the cider and yeah just like you know the it's it's just about a family who's trying to like have a home you know (laughs) just trying to be comfortable and and you know get get good things in their life and so it's certainly like a striving and and, and talking about food again like when they steal all the food from the farmers and they have that big feast (laughs) down in the mine (laughs) it's so cute (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lovely film, and I, I just I love all of his films. But I'm trying to think of other examples of Hugo in in film or television. I wasn't having like success. I mean, I was busy at work, so I, I didn't. Right. Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm well, and especially because I feel I'm like a lot of movies we remember them for their like intensity, the big moments. Yeah. Yeah. And not necessarily like the quiet moments 
Well, and I think that may be what sets Hayao Miyazaki apart as a filmmaker is because he understands the significance yeah. of those moments and he uses them exceptionally well. Um, and I think that that's a lesson that other filmmakers could take from him in is 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 to value those quiet pauses. So one movie that I'm thinking of now, and it might just be because it's a little more fresh in my mind than a lot of others, mm-hmm. is uh, Call Me By Your Name. Because... You're going to have to take a point on this one because I still... Oh, my God! Uh, okay, so know. basically you're in, like, Italy during the summer. So it's, like... Yes. Gorgeous, amazing, peaceful, beautiful, warm, cozy, fresh fruit orchards literally surrounding Mm -hmm. you. And like Mm -hmm. breakfast made by in tandem with your mom and and the the housekeeper. And it's just like, oh, we might go swim at the lake today. Like, it's just so cozy and safe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely have gotten that sense from it. it. it just this sort of leisure and this this calm, you know, serene. Yeah. And there's also um, atmosphere, serenity. There's a, a shot in the movie, and I think I've probably talked about it before because it's one of my favorite shots. Um, is they're just biking off in the distance, like they they start as they pass by the screen, the the camera, and then they just bike around this curve, and you're like, this shot could literally last forever, and I would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it feels like it is gonna last forever, but then every time you watch it, just because of the way our memory works, like it seems shorter and shorter, and I'm like, oh, I just want it to last forever. And it's just that 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 contrast between the the taking your time, and then like it's a romance, so there's like that that like quickening heartbeat that sort of comes up right after that Mm-hmm. oh uh, yeah and he does you know in in the book viking talks about sort of the feelings of you know oxytocin that come with being near people that you're fond of and how that contributes to an experience of of hygge. it's uh it's wonderful but yeah, I mean, it's just, that's, it, I think that it really has, I finally put my finger on what it is about Ghibli films, that, that, that special quality that seems to set them apart from other films, um, at least most films that I've seen. Uh, it's, it's so comforting. And I mean, that's Hugo. Mm-hmm. And even I would say, like, I'm thinking of uh, The Wind Rises and how that's so much more like mm-hmm. a drama than anything. Like, none of the other Ghibli movies are just a straight up drama. <laughs> I mean, I would say, and it, maybe it's just the more recent ones, because uh, I, I would say probably um, From Up on Poppy Hill also. Is, was that him, though? It was his son. So it's Ghibli, yeah. but it's not, yeah, it's but not it, Hayao but, Miyazaki. It's yeah, in terms of In terms of Hayao's work. Yes. Um, it's just, I mean, it's not a straight up drama because there's obviously some dream fantasy sequences. Um, but you can't not have something. <laughs> right. Um, but that one, it's, it's, it has, it doesn't have that same like fantasy Hugo moment with like the, the luxurious food and, and like the coziness because it's i mean it's during world war ii right kind of slim times <laughs> but uh, but i right. but i think that you know why he um puts those scenes in is to is as a counterpoint to struggle and drama yeah mm-hmm. 
Well, because it would be unbearable without them. <laughs> right. Oh, Especially no. I just animation. had a thought. Oh, no. What thought did you have? It hurts my heart. <laughs> what thought did you uh, have? I, I just started thinking about Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, no. I still haven't seen that one, but I know all about it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some moments that, that would be described as as higgly, but it hurts too much <laughs> to think about. <laughs> talk about damn you Hayao Miyazaki <laughs> god damn that movie is too much but um but yeah I mean just talking about World War II films and sort of just times of struggle and strife and needing I mean and that's why like that that memory that I talked about from a couple of years ago like that moment meant so much to me because yeah. I was going through a rough time and mm-hmm. it was such a relief It's good, and I'm I'm gonna try to be more conscious of bringing Huga into my life because I think that it is a, a good thing for anyone to do. I think that it, it just it's good for your heart, especially when your heart is currently screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all need a little Huga right now, guys. Just go out and get go buy the your- fluffiest, comfiest blanket for yourself. Yes, just pop that in the dryer. And then scream into it real Take quick it to get it all out. <laughs> and then pop in your cuddle up on then the pop couch, in your favorite movie. Make yourself Yes, your your hot drink of choice. Uh, oh my goodness. That so yesterday be. at work they had for like member appreciation day, they had um, a barista come in with a little mm-hmm. cart. Wow. In oh. the lobby. And so I'm not a coffee person, but he had caramel hot apple cider and it was so good oh. it tasted like those those little those caramel um, apple pops. halloween yeah oh yeah. my goodness oh man oh, i had two so of good. them they were so good yeah i actually just uh i was at the grocery store and they had stash tea on sale and so i decided to buy because like because i need more tea oh <laughs> i have so much tea in my cupboard right now but i had to buy it because it was on sale and so i got something a little different than i normally would and it's a it's a, a white chocolate mocha black tea blend. I want that immediately when I come over tomorrow. <laughs> you will. I will have a nice hoogly time. I'll light a fire in the fireplace. We'll have baked goods and tea. It will be wonderful. And we'll just not think about bad things. White chocolate anything. And I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, don't get too excited. It is still just Yeah, tea, but I can pull out a sugar But it's nice. It. It's... <laughs> yeah. it's very nice. Okay, well, I think that we've said all all we can say about Huga at the moment, but um, before yeah, without falling asleep because we're so comfortable. I know I'm co- I'm on my bed right now. Actually. I'm not so comfortable, it's... but <laughs> well, you'll just you'll fix that in a minute. But before we get into recommendations, I have yes. to ask: Have you watched the trailer for the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? No, I haven't watched it yet, but but everybody's talking about it. Oh, it's a very good trailer. It's a very, 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 very good trailer. I've heard it's very I'm demonic. Very it's real spooky. It's real spooky. It's going to be good. 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 Have, have you seen the poster for the new Hellboy movie? I have seen it. I'm going to quote Madonna here oh. and say it seems a little reductive. Well, it was a bad tagline for sure. Oh, I didn't but, even remember the tagline. It's just Oh, it just it was it said like legendary AF. Oh my god. Like 
Okay. But how how can a poster be reductive? It's just a picture of Hellboy. Because it looks he looks exactly the same as he did in the last Hellboy. Well, because that's what Hellboy looks like. I know. Have you, read the, just, have you seen the comics? I'm just a, like he has hooves in the comics. Well, it's hard to give a man hooves, but I know. maybe maybe uh, he will have hooves in this one. You don't know. You know, it's it's only a thighs up shot. I don't know. I'm bitter because I love the first two. I oh, like the first one. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm ready for someone else to give it a shot. I like Hellboy a lot, and I love Guillermo del Toro, but give me a rated R Hellboy. Like well, he could do that, but he didn't. Well, they didn't give him a chance. <laughs> well. He's off doing his own stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. I love Hellboy. I love Hellboy. I love the Hellboy comic. Well, The Shape of Water and... is literally a Hellboy prequel, so I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, sort of. I'd say as much as I love, love, love The Shape of Water, uh, other than visually, I wouldn't say that Fish Boy is too similar to Abe <laughs> Sapien. But, no, I, I hope that this new Hellboy... Um, I can't, I haven't, I looked at the cast list, but it's been a very long time. So I don't know if Johan Krauss is in it, but I want my real Johan Krauss. I want my comic book Johan Krauss because he's not a mean, grumpy, bossy man. <laughs> he's a sweet little psychic ghost. I love him and I want my real Johan. Um, but no, I mean, David Harbour's awesome. He's awesome and he's going to be a great Hellboy. I know, I know. I'm very excited. I'll I'm be excited, excited when I see it, but up until then, I'm going to be bitter. <laughs> you still have those first two movies. They're still I exist. know, and I just watched the first one. Now I have to watch the second one. Well, we've talked about my feelings on the second one. I love it so much. You can't... I mean, yes, agree to disagree on, on Hellboy <laughs> 2, The Golden Army. <laughs> okay, well, we've all been holding our breath. What is your recommendation, Alex? Okay, so my friend Nico, who has a band, the band is called Scarves. They just released their, I think it's their second full length, but it might be like their third technical album. Um, I think it's called Dinner Date for the End of the World, which is an amazing title. Um, they just released, it was like a little article that it was like, you could listen to each song and then it had like a little bit of like their inspiration behind it. Hmm. And the song Muscles on that album, um, they said was inspired by my book of poetry, The Myth of Man. Whoa! Yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then I went home and <laughs> listened so to cool. it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I see, I can hear where it's inspired by it a little bit. Aww. Wow, what an honor. Yeah, it was very cool, and the, the album is really good, like, the, the, their other music is also really good, but this, there's like, a ton of horn in this album and i'm like it elevates it anytime you add an instrument usually i feel like it takes takes things up a notch so it's it's pretty cool well awesome so where can we check that out spotify or websites or stuff okay so so say the name again scarves is the band scarves as in like huga scarves <laughs> cuddly winter scarves um and the album i believe is uh uh, dinner date for the end of the world good name well my recommendation because i can't stop talking about her uh is the new video from nick's fears 
Um, it sh- may put a lot of work into this video and it's really exceptional. Um, the video is titled Halloween is Every Day and it is about Halloween as a holiday and as like a lifestyle and what Halloween has meant to her throughout her life and it's really it's way more than it's like than I'm making it sound like um it's really big and you know she talks about sort of dealing with personal identity and like gender identity and feeling like a weirdo and how Halloween was like a safe place for her and it's just a great video and it's very fun and cool the way that she put the thing together uh really interesting stuff I think Alex you would really enjoy this video um I'm always on YouTube too (laughs) yes Nick's fears Halloween is every day uh check it out it's long but it's worth it I just recently watched um a video on YouTube that was really interesting. I, I I don't know if I've watched any of their other videos, but the channel is Great Big Story. Hmm, I am not um, familiar. And the video is The Dark Past of Sea Monkeys. Ooh, interesting. And it's it, it's not too long. It's only about 16 minutes long, but it's all about like the inventor of sea monkeys and how he was uh, a Jewish man who was a Nazi. Um, Ooh. <laughs> so if that doesn't entice you, sea monkeys. <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds like a very interesting story. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate subscribe, review, so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. And you can check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod. We know you're listening, so please talk to us. Yes, anybody. Just say hi. But don't, like, just say hi, because that's kind of creepy. So, like, have a question or something. (laughs) Sure. Or just be like, yo, how's it going? But (laughs) you don't have to have anything. Or, like, talk more about this sort of thing. Sure sure what's a hygge moment in your life or uh, oh yeah that's a great one yeah talk tell us about your personal hygge moments or or you know films that that have some some great hygge moments in them we want i want to know because i'm obsessed with this now or your or your go-to hygge movie for when you're all cuddled up sure. with your go-to mine is probably the fifth element because i say that for literally every like favorite movie question I mean, like, we're calling them mashed potatoes movies, and it's like, mashed potatoes is so hoogly. Like, <laughs> it's all coming together in my brain. This is this is a new page for me in my life. <laughs> I... <laughs> anyway, thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, only, only hygge pleasures. pleasures.